The student ministry podcast you are about to hear is a sermon preached by Brother Carlos Navarrete at the 2009 West Coast Baptist Youth Conference. Brother Navarrete is a graduate of West Coast Baptist College, and he currently serves as the associate pastor over the Spanish ministry at Lancaster Baptist Church. For more sermon resources, please visit preaching.lancasterbaptist.org. The Bible said that Paul prayed in Colossians 1 and verse number 9. He said, For this cause also, since the day we heard of it, we do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be uh, filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Paul said that the thing he prayed for the most in the new converts and in those people that uh, called themselves Christians was that they might know the will of God. That they might know His will. And then it says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. In other words, when we do the will of God, the Bible says, and we walk in it, we please the Lord. Now, I want to tell you something that that's what pleases God, doing His will. Nothing really outside of His will pleases Him. And you know, if you please God and you walk in His will, the Bible says, then you'll be fruitful. The Bible says there uh, that uh, in increasing in the knowledge of God, it says being fruitful in every good work. Colossians 1, 9 and 10. The Bible says very clearly that if you uh, want to have a successful life, uh, the, the very best way really is to do God's will for your life. We're talking this week about making a difference. We're talking today about just being a person who is used of God. And I, I believe that you're sitting here today because you don't want to waste your life. You don't want to just draw breath, draw salary and, and waste your life away. You know, the reality of it is, is if, as you look around, that uh, the majority of teenagers today are just really passing the time and just uh, 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 buying time and, and just living life by trial and error and, and doing that which pleases them, living for pleasure, drying breath, drying a salary with no rhyme and reason really to their lives. And, you know, uh, it could not be any more clear to me this morning in Psalm chapter 32 that God wants to show you his will and that God has a plan for every young man, every young lady here today. And I believe that uh, every single one of us needs to stop and realize, you know, God wants to show us His will. He promises to direct us in the way we should go. The Bible says in Isaiah 58, 11, And the Lord shall guide thee continually. Proverbs 3 and verse 6, that's the verse that we often quote and say, it's, it says, In all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct thy paths. Now, Let's ask ourselves a few questions. And I'd like to just maybe uh, talk about God's will this morning. And let's ask this question, first of all. Uh, what is God's will? What is God's will? And, uh, you know, I believe the scriptures tell us that God's will is divided. You know, uh, first of all, I believe we have God's sovereign will. God's sovereign will is that which uh, God, uh, uh, the Bible says, operates and he rules over, over all the affairs of men. And I believe there's a God in heaven that is not, he's not uninvolved, he's very involved. And he's right now uh, doing some things to bring us to his desired end. And God's sovereign will is always being done. God's uh, leading this whole world right now towards a time when Jesus Christ shall reign. He'll sit on the throne. He will be sovereign, the Bible says. And I believe that God allows some things that we don't quite understand and sin and, and rebel and sometimes catastrophe. But you know, God is working to fulfill His sovereign will in our lives and in this world and on this earth. Paul asked in Romans, uh, he asked this in Romans eleven thirty four: For who hath known the mind of the Lord? Or who hath been His counselor? And many times we don't understand the sovereign will of God. Many times we think, well, if I were God and, and if, if I were, uh, uh, I would do this. And, and if I were God, I would maybe have done it that way. Or why did God do this? And, and you know, the truth of the matter is that the Bible tells us that the secret things belong unto the Lord our God. 
But those things which are revealed belong unto us and to our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law, Deuteronomy 29, 29. And so God says, hey, I have this sovereign will, and I am moving this whole world and every person in it towards this desired end. It's, it's that Jesus Christ shall reign, and he'll be seated on the throne. But then there's God's, uh, what I'm going to call today, the standard will of God. So God has this sovereign will, but then within that he has this standard will of God. Now, contrary to what is being taught today in television and in public schools by and large and in most uh, uh, universities across this, this land, that the reality is that there are some things that are right and there are some things that are wrong. And you know, today it seems like the only sin is to call something a sin. And uh, we live in a world of we need, just need to be tolerant of everything. And, and you know, what's right for you is not right for me. And what, hey, what you think sounds good, hey, that's fine. And I remember as a teenager, we'd go to, uh, to the homeless shelter. And, and uh, I remember we'd preach there. And, and uh, one time I remember meeting a bum. And he was a vagabond, I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, he'd, he'd throw this stick in the air. And he'd say every morning, he'd throw it. And whichever way he'd land, he said, that's the way he'd start walking. And he said, sometimes he said, I'd had to throw it three times in the air to, to get it to land the right direction, you know. I mean, just wherever just seems right today, just, just seems like, hey, uh, there's no truth. It's just wherever uh, you want to go. Let me tell you something. The Bible says that there is truth. His word, God's word is truth. And, you know, there are some things that are always wrong. It's always wrong to cheat. It's always wrong to steal. It's always wrong to lie. There are some things in God's word that are always right to do. The Ten Commandments, the Beatitudes. Hey, listen, those are right for you as much as they're right for me. And those are things that we don't have to stop and ask about. God says in his word, do these things. It's never right and then to do wrong. And it's never wrong then uh, to do right. The Bible says there are some things that are standard. Listen, you don't have to pray about some things. God says uh, some things very clearly in his word. Do this and do that. You don't have to uh, ask counsel about something that's already forbidden. And you don't have to try to get God's mind on something that, hey, he's already said do. Look, at, we just do it. So there's God's sovereign will and then there's God's standard will. That's, that's uh, some things in the scriptures that are just right for everybody. But then there's God's special will. You know, I believe that God doesn't deal with masses. God doesn't touch a youth conference. God touches a heart. God doesn't change churches, he changes people. And you know, the reality is that he has as many plans as he has people in this auditorium today. And as many methods as there are men. And uh, you are not an accident, you are not uh, somebody who's here just because, uh, man, uh, you didn't have anything to do, or because, man, uh, your parents heard about this thing and they sent you and made you come. Look it, you are here because God wanted you here. You are within God's plan today. And you know what, you are special in the mind of God. You are, uh, uh, you are special to God. If, you, if you'd been the only person on earth, I, I truly believe that Jesus Christ would have died on the cross just for you. The Bible says that the hairs on your head are numbered. The Bible says that he knows exactly who you are and, uh, and what your desires are. And there's a God in heaven. He's the creator of the world. And, and after he made you, he, the Bible says he designed this plan for your life. And sometimes we think, well, God doesn't really know what I desire and the abilities that I have. And you know, I want to just remind you this morning that the creator of the world is the one that has a perfect will for you. And he knows where you'll be used uh, the most for his glory and where it is that uh, you will uh, uh, be the most fruitful. And you know, uh, it's your duty, I believe, and it's your delight, I believe, to find and to follow and to finish God's will for your life. It is our greatest duty. 
It's our greatest delight. I believe success is nothing more than finding, following, and finishing God's will for your life. And so I want to talk to you this morning because I believe God has a plan for you. God has a plan for me. God's sovereign plan was uh, that I would be his child. The Bible says that uh, he had predetermined that before the foundation of the world. I don't understand all about that, but that's just what the Bible says. That was God's sovereign plan. But you know, within that, God had a standard plan in many many areas of my life. I read in the scriptures, and you know, uh, uh, God's plan was that I marry a Christian lady, for example. And within that, within that uh, standard plan of not being unequally yoked, you know, God uh, brought to my mind, uh, brought to my path in my life, my wife, my Jenny. And uh, I thank the Lord for that. And that was God's special plan for me. I remember when I came to college and uh, back then in West Coast, there was probably, oh, uh, I think it was like 64 of us. And I mean, I look around and I thought, good night, these girls are ugly. My buddies and I would get together, you know, and we'd say, hey, you know what you call a pretty girl at West Coast? A visitor. (laughs) All right. I mean, it just, and we'd say, hey, man, it's terrible. I'm never going to get married. And then I was, man, I was my first year. And then I remember a a sophomore year, I came to college and it seemed like, it seemed like it was a double the amount of people, you know, and walked on the campus and man, there she was. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I mean, I got so spiritual that day. It's not even funny. Man, and I started praying. I thought, Lord, man, I, I want to meet that girl. And then, and then uh, uh, I just kind of, uh, uh, just kind of watched her and heard uh, good things about her. And then I remember uh, uh, I went to, uh, to to work one uh, one day in October, and I was at uh, at the job there, and I was the manager, and and uh, it seemed like people only asked for the manager when there's trouble. So I came out and uh, I, I came to the counter, and and uh, there she was, and and uh, she said, "Hello, sir." And I thought, man, this is starting good. <laughs> she didn't realize I was alive, man. There's 120 college students. She didn't know I existed. And here was my wife, and she was there. She said, I'm here looking for employment. I'm a student at West Coast Baptist College. And I said, really? Is that right? And uh, boy, an uh, uh, amazing thing happened. She got hired. Amen. 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 We got to know each other. And I'll tell you what, we started serving the Lord together. By the way, that's the best kind of dating. Just serve the Lord together. And we started uh, just uh, spending time together. And I remember uh, uh, I'd walk her to the dorm and I'd drive home and I'd I'd think, man, Lord, uh, thank you for Jenny. And then after a while, I started praying something like this. Lord, just make her love me. Would you just do that? All right. That'd be all right. Just make her, I mean, because it's not gonna, I'm not doing a good job, but uh, please, God, you know, and then it was, Lord, please make her want to marry me, and it just, and the Lord, uh, 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 you know, that was God's special will. Do you see how it works now? So God's sovereign will, and then there's a standard will of God, and within that, there's a very special will of God for your life. Now, that's my very, uh, that's, uh, I believe, very common sense. We need to understand, we're talking about how you as an individual fit and have a plan in God's mind right now at this very moment. Now, uh, that is what God's will is. Now, there's, a, there's a something interesting because a lot of us then get caught up in what, uh, uh, what God's will is. And there's a lot of myths out there. And the devil wants to make sure that we don't understand all of that and how all of that works. And I believe as a teenager, you do well now to grasp what it is that God has for you and how it is that you're going to arrive there. So that's what God's will is. But let me tell you what God's will is not. Can we do that real quick? And uh, before we leave here, I'm going to tell you, give you some principles, some real basic tools uh, that you can walk away with today and say, boy, I think I think I can now find God's will for my life. You might not find it uh, even in, during this session. It may be that uh, you will. But but, you know, uh, it may be that the Lord will just give you something today that will help guide you and uh, and uh, realize what God's will for your life is. So let me tell you what God's will is not. 
I told you what it is. It is not, number one, something like a roadmap. God's will is not like a, like a map. He doesn't say, look, it, here's where you're going to start, and then here's where you're going to be, and then you'll be here, and then here, and then this is where you end up, okay? He doesn't do that. You see, uh, he doesn't tell you, there it is. Learn this, and I hope you learn it well. The will of God isn't a roadmap, it's a relationship. God's will is not a roadmap, it's a relationship. You say, well, what does that mean? God doesn't show us the future ahead of time. All God does is say, hey, uh, this is where I'm, I'm at. Would you, would you follow me? I'm thankful to the Lord for, <laughs> in many ways. But when I got, uh, as a young man, called to preach, God didn't say, listen, uh, you're going to preach to congregations, you know, like this uh, uh, every week and three times a week, and you're going to preach to uh, a youth conference like this big man. I never would have thought 15 years ago or so, uh, sitting in a youth conference like that, uh, that I'd ever be speaking at a time like this. And you know what? If God had told me that back then, I'd have been scared to death, man. I mean, I said, hey, fool on that. That's nuts. Uh, and I mean, uh, God just simply said, listen, son, trust me. He just said, will you just follow me? He said, will you just give me your heart right now? And uh, when God led the children of Israel through the wilderness, you know, he didn't say, uh, this is where you're going to go. You go here and then there and then here and then here. No, no, no. He just said, listen, I'm going to give you a pillar of fire by night and I'm going to give you a cloud by day. You just follow it. You got it? When Joshua was getting ready to lead them into the promised land, he said, listen, Joshua, here's what you're going to do. You're going to take the Ark of the Covenant and the priest will carry it and uh, it'll be, oh, about half a mile in front of you and you just follow it. You got it? You say, well, I really like God for tell me, to tell me what it is that he wants me to do and, and where I'm going to start, where I'm going to be, and where I'm going to end up. You know, the truth of the matter is that God doesn't say, hey, uh, this is where you're going. No, no, no. He just says, follow me. God's will is not like a roadmap. God's will is not a killjoy. It's not this celestial plan to kill your joy for the rest of your life. It seems like uh, the devil's oldest trick is to get us to think wrongly about God. The serpent came to Eve and she said, uh, hath God said? And she started, he started putting this doubt into the mind of Eve saying, hey, you know, God, I don't think he really wants the best for you. And you know, God is not going to kill your joy. By the way, I want to remind you that the Bible calls him a heavenly father. He's a perfect father. I know this. If my children came to me, I've got three children. If, if my, my daughter came to me, you know, daddy. And she said, you know, daddy, uh, uh, God's been working on my heart, my life. And you know, I've just decided that what I'm going to do is I'm just going to do whatever you and mommy say. I wouldn't, you know, tuck her in bed and say, oh, thank you, sweetheart. And then I'd go to the living room table or the dining room table and grab a cup of coffee and sit up with my wife and go, we've got her now. Oh, man. And uh, she's willing to do whatever. Let's think up the most, you know, the worst plan. We're just going to make her life miserable now. She doesn't has any idea what she's, what's going. No, no, no. We wouldn't think that. You know, we have a heavenly Father in heaven, and yet so many of us are scared to death about His will. I want to tell you something about His will. The Bible says that it's good and it's pleasing and it's acceptable. It is a perfect will. The Bible says in Psalm eighty four ten, for the Lord is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will He withhold from them that walk uprightly. James 1.17 says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. And so God's will is not something that you have to do. God's will is something that you get to do. God's will is not something that's going to kill your joy. By the way, if you knew better, you would desire it more than anything. It is perfect, the Bible says. 
God's will is not a roadmap, a killjoy. It's, it's, and it's also not only for certain people. You know, I really think that sometimes uh, as teenagers, uh, we, we think, and I know I used to think that God had a will for the preacher and the missionary and the church worker and so on. But you know that, <clears throat> that, that uh, I would think, oh, but you know, I can be a plumber or a doctor or whatever. And, and, and it doesn't really matter. You know, I want to tell you something. God has a will for you. And it's just as important that if, you're, if, you're God, if God's will is for you to be a plumber, that you wouldn't be a preacher. And that if God's will is for you to be a preacher, that you wouldn't be a plumber. The reality is that uh, uh, God says, hey, the very hairs of your hair are numbered, and I also have a very special plan for your life. You're important to Him. God's will is uh, not a dramatic experience. It's not necessarily something that God will do, this great dramatic thing, to communicate to you what it is that He has for your life. Uh, I remember Elijah. Uh, the Bible says, in, well, well, I don't remember Elijah. I wasn't alive that long ago. How many of you remember him? Anybody here? Yeah. yeah, none of you were alive either. But I remember reading about Elijah, and the Bible says one time he got perplexed and frustrated, and he got kind of stressed out, and God had to take him on a little retreat up to a mountain. And, uh, and when he got there, the Bible says in uh, 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 11, he said, Go forth and stand upon the mountain before the Lord, and behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains, and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. And the Bible says, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. You know, it could be that God just has been using His still, small voice lately to tell you something about His will. And sometimes we wait for this dramatic experience. We wait for this confirmation. And, you know, God, the Bible says, just sometimes just uses his still, small voice. And, you know, I want to tell you one more thing about what God's will is not. I want to tell you uh, this myth is sometimes we think that God hides his will. That somehow we have to find a way uh, to track it down, like like an Easter egg hunt, you know, that it's hidden out there somewhere. Man, I just got to get out there where it is and figure out where it is. You know, can I tell you something? If you get perfectly and totally right with God, God's will is something that will find you. It's something that God will reveal to you very clearly. God has promises here in Psalm chapter 32 and verse 8. Boy, it's as clear as can be. I will instruct thee and teach thee the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. So, here's the question then. How can I find God's will? I want to give you four principles this morning. will not take a long time, but here's four principles. If you will apply these four principles, I guarantee you the Bible says, uh, uh, God says that he will show you, he will instruct you, he will teach you in the way which you shall go. So here we go. Principle number one. Are you ready? Here's the message. It's brief, but uh, I want you to understand number one, the principle of the will. W-I-L-L. The principle of surrendering your will to his. Uh, go to Romans chapter 12, will you, this morning, and take your Bible. And we're going to look at uh, a, few, a few passages today that I believe uh, talk about these uh, in many, many places. But one of them is Romans chapter 12. And we all know this passage, but I'd like to read it one more time. And I'd like for us to be reminded of what God says about surrendering our wills to His. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. The Bible says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye might prove 
what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, here's a key passage about this thing about surrendering your will. The Bible says, first of all, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. Now, that's incredible to me. It's almost as if God is saying here to Paul, uh, uh, Paul, write to the brethren, tell them, I beseech you. Uh, it's almost like uh, uh, this is God's prayer request to his children. God's saying, hey, listen, I'm begging you, I'm asking you, will you please surrender your will? Do you want to know the will of God? Listen, don't surrender to a plan. You, don't surrender to this idea, this thing that God reveals to you. You know what? Uh, if you want to know the will of God, first of all, it starts with you surrendering you, your will to a person, and the person is Jesus Christ. You surrender to his personality, to who he is. Many people say, oh, I surrender to the ministry. And sometimes I think, boy, I hope they surrender to the Jesus Christ too. And I'm not downing, look at the idea of surrendering uh, to, to God's plan. But I want to tell you something. We must first surrender to Jesus. If you surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ, listen, then surrendering to, your, to his will, will will be something simpler. God's will is not a roadmap. I've already told you that. God's will is a relationship. It is, it is following him. It's surrendering to Jesus. You don't find the will of God primarily. You find God. You follow God. Jesus said, I am the way. He didn't say, I am the way to the way. He said, I am the way. Jesus said, listen, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He said, and, and in so many times in the Bible, we'll find this idea that God says, listen, give yourself to me. You need to sign a blank check and say, Lord, anytime, anywhere, at any cost. It really does not matter. Lord, I'll do it. Have you ever done that? You say, well, listen, oh my goodness. And if I did that, there's no telling what I could end up doing. I mean, I could end up burned at the stake. They could cut my hands off. I could end up living in the middle of Africa or something. I mean, I, I, don't, under, I don't know. Do, what, do you think God is cruel? Do you think somehow that he's waiting for you to say it, and then he's, he's like, oh, yes, he surrendered. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, we have a heavenly father. He's a loving heavenly father. And Satan's oldest trick, I've already told you, is for us to get us to think negatively about God. You say, well, I'm still not convinced. Look at what it says there in chapter 12 and verse number 1. It says, I beseech you therefore, listen, by the mercies of God. You know what that means? That means based on what God has done for you. You say, why should I trust God like that? You know why? Because if you know God, you know this, that he died on the cross for you. Because of his mercy, he, he, the Bible says he shed his blood. He, 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 he paid for it, uh, the price for your sin with tremendous agony there upon that cross. He gave himself his whole life for you. He died for you. Let me tell you something. Based on God's mercy, based on his goodness that he showed to you, the Bible says that you ought to give your life. Don't be afraid of the will of God. Don't be afraid of God. God is a loving heavenly father. Perfect love casts out fear, the Bible says. And not your perfect love, his perfect love. His love for us, it causes us to say, there is no way that God has anything bad for me. You know, sometimes I, 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 I stop and I, I listen to young people and I, I understand so many times the devil wants us to think that God, if we surrender to him, will give us this plan that is second rate. You know, the Bible says this in Psalm chapter 37, delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Don't get the idea that uh, 
that what she want and what God wants are different things. Listen, if you surrender your will to His, it'll be the same thing, the Bible says. You will have and you'll desire what He wants for you. Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of Him that sent me. Uh, what a lie the, dev- the devil gives us. That if you surrender your will to God, then all of a sudden, you'll be miserable. Let me tell you something today, this morning. The will of God is what you would want for yourself if you knew better. You say, I don't know. Again, I might end up in Africa. Listen, you'll be happier in Africa if that's what God's will for you than anywhere else on the planet. If you surrender his will to him. The reality of it is this. Remember, uh, God wants us to surrender to him. I remember when I was a teenager, when I was 16 years old. A door, a soul winner came by our door, knocked on my parents' door and invited us to this church. And uh, we were already saved people, but we weren't in the church really that was making a difference. And remember my parents came one Sunday and uh, they came uh, on a Sunday night service and, and uh, they uh, walked in and boy, they heard some preaching and they heard uh, a pastor chapel just challenge uh, uh, the, the, the congregation from the scriptures. And, and boy, they were just stirred about it. And they thought, boy, this is the place where we want to be. This is the place where we want to raise our children. And really, I was the youngest. I was already 16, but uh, they joined that same night. And uh, I remember they brought me the next Sunday. And you know what? I hated it. Man, I walked in and I thought, man, this is different. The songs are different. The people are different. The whole thing is different. I remember uh, uh, just getting involved in the youth group. And I, I didn't come because I really wanted to. But my dad just said, listen, it's my rules. It's my house. It's my car that you drive. My gas that you put in it. Then it's going to be my church you go to. And I thought, well, if you put it like that, then all right, sounds good. Boy, so I had to come to the youth group, you know, and I remember I'd look around and I'd look at everybody and I'd think, man, this is a different crowd. I just don't really know if I fit into this crowd. And then the Lord began to work in my heart through his word. And then I, I surrendered and I came to Bible college and I remember looking around and I'd think, man, this is different. Man, these people are different. They think different. They sing different. They shout different. You know, they do. Ah, amen. And I was like, whoa, what in the world is that about? And uh, I just... Wasn't sure about all of it. Then I came to the point where the Lord said, listen, I don't need you to be comfortable. I don't need you to fit in. All I really want you to do is follow me. Son, can you just trust me? Can you just trust me that this, this where I've got you so far is I haven't made a mistake? And I remember I came, when I came to the point of surrender, you know, I told the Lord, Lord, and I didn't say, Lord, I, I'll surrender to preach. I just said, Lord, I do whatever you want. Wherever you want, at any cost. You know what I found when I, when I told the Lord that? It, it seemed like, you know, all of a sudden, his desires were my desires. And I wasn't really sure what it was. But I knew this, that more than I wanted to be a doctor or, or, or an athlete or whatever else, I wanted God's will for my life. Have you come to that point? Can you say today, you know, more than my dream, I want what God wants for me. Because his will, my friend, it's perfect. It's good. It's acceptable. It's pleasing. It's perfect. I want to tell you by experience, there's nothing like knowing that you're in the center of where God wants you. And if that's in Lancaster or if that's in Africa, it really doesn't matter. It's the best place to be. What's the principle? Number one, the principle of surrendering your will. I want to give you a second principle here real quick, and it's the principle of his word. His word. Take your Bible and go to Psalm chapter 119 in verse number 105. It's a tremendous verse, but I want you to think of it in light of your life this morning as you read it. 
Psalm chapter 119 and, and verse number 105. The Bible says this. It says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The Bible says of his word that it is what guides us. It is the line that God uses to shed abroad his, his, uh, his will in your life. Now, I want to tell you something very simple this morning. You cannot know the will of God apart from the Bible. You get into God's word and you get into preaching and you get into God's house and all of a sudden, you know what else all happening? God will begin to reveal his special plan to you. And God will speak to your heart. The Bible doesn't say uh, uh, much of the special will. It doesn't say which girl to marry and which college to go to. I mean, I wish it did. You know, thou shalt go to West Coast Baptist College. Amen. That'd be easy. But certainly, listen, God's standard is in there. And God doesn't maybe say, hey, you know, you're, you need to marry this, uh, this uh, uh, woman. But it does say, thou shall not be unequally yoked. And so, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, you don't maybe need to know. And a teenager comes to his pastor and says, hey, uh, pastor, I want some counseling. He says, well, what about? Well, I want to marry Susie. Okay, well, the pastor says, uh, well, tell me about Susie. Is she a believer? Well, no, but my plan is I think I'll marry her and then I'm going to lead her to Jesus. No, it doesn't work that way. You don't have to pray about that. It's just not a part of God's plan. And, uh, and uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, a man might say, well, you know, pastor, uh, I, I need some counsel here. I'm married to, uh, you know, my wife, but this is other woman I'm interested in. What do you think? You want, can you pray with me about that? You know what I would say? I'd say, ah, you know, I'm not going to pray about that. All I'm going to pray is that you'll get right with God and want to follow God's will for your life. There's a lot of things we don't have to really wonder about. God's will is that no one should perish. God's will is that you might be saved. If you're not saved, I want to tell you, you're outside of God's will until you get saved. I pray that you'll do it this morning. God's will is that you might be a holy person. Uh, this is God's will for you, the Bible says, even your sanctification. God's will is that you might be a soul winner. God's will is that you might be uh, uh, somebody who, who gives. Listen, never pray for guidance about what God's already commanded or he's forbidden. But as God's word follow, uh, follows, uh, uh, I believe, uh, uh, as you follow God's word and as it flows through you, before you know it, you know what you'll begin to sense is what God's, uh, God's will is for your life. You will find it. If you are here and you say, well, you know, <clears throat> I have this dream. I have this idea. I have this uh, plan that I believe is good. I believe it's, it's pretty pleasing to me and it's acceptable to me anyway. And I think it's great, you know. Uh, and, uh, and, and how's your Bible reading? Well, so-so. Eh, I haven't really, really read it this week and been busy, you know, with youth conference and all that and traveling and everything. And, and uh, well, uh, then I would say, well, let's, let's stop right there. Uh, uh, how, what about uh, your uh, church? attendance well well it's been about a year since i've really been faithful you know just been busy you know senior year and all that and uh, well what about uh, you know uh okay uh so your devotion is not real good well i i could pretty much tell you right now that your dream that you've got and you've gotten hold on to so hard it's not god's will because we don't find it outside of the scriptures so first of all the the principle of god's will secondly the principle of god's word thirdly the principle of wisdom. Wisdom. We need wisdom. You say, well, I don't know if I've got wisdom. Not real sure about that one. That's a tough one. I don't know if I'd call myself a wise person. Well, can I tell you something? The Bible says that uh, God wants to give us wisdom. And one way he gives us wisdom is through wise counsel. Go to Proverbs chapter 24 for me, uh, for me this morning. And let's look in God's word. Proverbs 24 and verse number 6. Proverbs 24 and verse 6. We're talking about God's will. How do you find it? Well, God says through wisdom, Proverbs 24, verse 6, For by counsel 
thou shalt make thy war. And in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. <laughs> you say, well, uh, that, what does that mean? That means this. If you're about to go into war, you better get some counsel about it. Amen. And God says that uh, you need a multitude of counselors. You say, which counselors? Not just any. Specifically, some people who are spiritual, some people who know the word, some people that God has placed over your life as authority. Uh, I'm amazed how easily sometimes we can find, you know, friends, somebody that'll tell us the thing we want to hear. You know, you can you can't have an aspirin now at a public school without uh, getting your parents' consent. But oh boy, you can you can go to any counselor uh, that you know doesn't know the Bible, doesn't talk without your parents' consent all day long. And I want to caution you this morning. The counselors God's put in your life are really very simple. If you're a teenager here today, this morning, I want to tell you, it is God's will for you that you get your parents' wisdom. And it needs to be a part of your decision making. You say, well, you don't understand my mom. I want to tell you something, young lady. Your mother can send something by looking at a young man in 10 seconds that she will never get in 24 hours of being with him. You say, you really believe that? I really believe that. It's a little secret. It's called wisdom that God gives to a parent. You say, I don't think you understand. My parents are like this, or, or my mom's like that. Or, uh, uh, and you know what? The, the truth is that God gives a parent with the wisdom he needs for the children. Uh, I believe God's put a pastor in your life. If you're here and you belong to a local church, uh, I want to encourage you today. Get your pastor's counsel. Don't make any major decision. You say, why'd you go to Bible college? Because my pastor said so. You say, that's it, that's it. By the way, that's a pretty good reason. And I want to encourage you this morning. Listen, uh, follow the will of God and the counsel of God and the wisdom of those that God's put in your life. If you say, well, I know, but I know what my pastor's going to say. Ask him anyway. Well, okay. And I I know many young people murmur and they say, man, my youth pastor's like this, my pastor's like that, and my mom and dad is like this. Listen. The Bible says that the children of Israel, as they were, the Bible says, God had gotten out of Egypt now, and they were starting to head over to the promised land. They began to murmur. And God says they started murmuring against Aaron and against Moses. And they said, man, these leaders, I don't understand them. And they're like this, and they're like that, and they're not quite like this, and they're not doing this, not doing that. And the Bible says that when they murmured, God said, hey, hold on. You're not murmuring against Aaron and Moses. You're murmuring against me. Here's the principle. Who gave you those parents? Who did? Are we all okay? Who gave you those parents? Well, God did. Well, who gave you that pastor? God did. So apparently, God gave you what you needed. Apparently, God gave you the people that he knew were going to guide you. And you say, well, okay, so what should I do? Well, it goes back to principle number one. Surrender to his will. You know what was amazing? When I was a teenager and when I finally said, Lord, anywhere, any cost, any time, you know what happened? All of a sudden, I got along with my parents just fine. And I wasn't like a lawyer at home. Well, you know, and this and that, and that clause, and this and that. And that. Hey, we're just, okay, Dad. Don't date that girl. All right. See, many times our problem is not our parents or our pastor or the youth pastor. Many times our problem is with God. And when you surrender your will to His, I'll tell you something, it's easy to, to listen to listen to the counsel God's given you. And so God gives you some wise counsel, and then when you listen to wise counsel, you know what He'll do? He'll give you some personal wisdom. 
And all of a sudden you'll walk with the Lord and you'll be close to Him. The Bible says, If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given unto him. The Bible says that when God is close to you, when you're walking with the Lord, all of a sudden you'll have counsel and God will give you His mind to know how to live and where to go and so on. You say, am I there yet? I can tell you, if you're a teenager, you're not there yet. I tell you, if you're an adult, you're not there yet. We all need counsel. But then the Bible says, as you grow in the Lord, you'll wake up in the morning and all of a sudden you'll say, Lord, I need you. And some people are so foolish, they'll be like, Lord, uh, uh, lead me right now as to which tie I should wear. Well, I mean, come on now. You say, which tie did you wear? Well, the one that matched my shirt, my suit. Actually, it's the one my wife gave me. All right. I'm pretty, pretty wise. Listen, a lot of the wisdom, before you know it, as you follow the Lord, is right here. It's between, between your ears. And as you walk closely to the Lord, and as you have an intimate walk with Him, all of a sudden, boy, you, you, you're able to make decisions that draw you nigh to the Lord. And, and you should read in the Bible how many people, the Bible says that Philip, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit told him, hey, go over here, get near to this car, and talk to the man there that's sitting there, he's reading something. And all of a sudden, you know, the Holy Spirit will begin to lead you. And in Nehemiah, the Bible says that God put in his heart to gather the nobles and the elders. And the Bible says that it was in his heart. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, 17, wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. We read in Romans chapter 12, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And all of a sudden, as you get into God's word, and as you've surrendered your will to him, now all of a sudden, listen, you're able to, you, you know the Bible says, your understanding is different. And now you understand God's mind. And now you're able to make decisions, the Bible says, based upon that. And so the principle of God's will, the principle of, of, of uh, uh, God's uh, wisdom, uh, and the principle of God's word. I remember when I was a teenager, I came home from youth conference, 1994. And uh, I was uh, getting ready to go in my senior year in high school, and I had my plans, my ideas. I was going to sign a letter of intent for an athletic scholarship uh, uh, here for a, a renowned university here in Southern California. And I got off the bus, and God was just working on my heart. And I remember in, in a session like this, I, uh, the Lord was saying in his still small voice, Hey, you need to go to Bible college for a year. Follow your pastor's counsel now. Come on. And uh, God was saying, Follow me, son. Can you just trust me? Just trust me. One year of your life. Come on now. Trust me. I'm, this is where I'm leading you. And I remember I got off that bus, and boy, I was in great conflict. And uh, Brother Schmidt, boy, he was my youth pastor. And I got off the bus, and I was on the front steps there at the North Territorium. I just couldn't wait to get out of here. I was just so under conviction. I remember he came up to me, he shook my hand, and he said, Hey, Carlos, how you doing? He said, Did you have a good time? I said, Yeah, a good time. And he said, Hey, uh, has God called you to the ministry yet? I said, What do you mean yet? And I, in my mind, I'm thinking, Man, who do you think you are thinking you know where God's calling me to? You know what? God had given him some wisdom. He could see how it was that I was acting and how a teenager's life many times is just rejecting. And he could sense, boy, he's fighting this thing. You know what's an amazing thing? Now as I serve the Lord here in the ministry, and uh, I remember a couple of years ago, a young man, 26 years old, he was had a good job, had a good uh, master's degree in business and so on. He worked for a Fortune 500 company, could travel, had, man, good amounts of money, uh, uh, drove a, man, real nice car, had a real nice house, just single fella, started coming to the ministry and, and uh, joined the church. And, and uh, I remember talking to him and just sensing in my life, in my heart, boy, this guy, God's going to use him. And I remember telling him, hey, you know what? I, I want to tell you something, Henry. I, I really think God's going to call you to the ministry. He didn't say, no way. Are you kidding? Well, amazing thing happened in January came to me at, at the revival meeting and, and uh, just to tears and the invitation time and said, you know, I believe God's calling me to serve him in the ministry. You say, how does my youth pastor, what is it? Why does he say that kind of stuff to me? You know why? 
Because he's God's God mind. God's mind. He has an understanding of what is the good and acceptable and pleasing will of God. I want to give you the last, last principle here. The principle of God's word. The principle of, God, of your will. Surrendering your will. The principle of wisdom. Look at the last one. The principle of the walk. The walk. You say, what does that mean? You know what that means? That means getting busy serving the Lord. That means uh, in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. You know, that word direct there means that uh, God will lead you. And by the way, God never leads you to stand still. God leads you to move. And he says, hey, come on now, get going with it now. And he'll say, uh, go serve me. What's the will of God? I want to tell you what the will of God is. Here it is, simple. Ready? God's will is the next thing that he wants to do through you. And so it might be, you know, you're walking off the campus and God's will is you pick up a piece of paper, so you go do it. Maybe God's will is uh, you give someone the offering a little while. God's will is you come forward to the invitation. Maybe God's will is that you go and encourage that person. Maybe uh, you'll be walking and all of a sudden last night's message will come to your mind. And you'll see that person God put in your mind. And you'll just smile at him. You say, hey, glad you're here. That's God's will. It's, it doesn't have to be anything real complicated. I, I told you, it's not a road map. It's a relationship. And all of a sudden, God will reveal himself to you and he'll show you small things. Luke 16, 10 says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. And you know, I, sometimes uh, uh, somebody will say to me, you know, I believe God wants me to go to Africa as a missionary. And I say, oh, great. What are you doing for God now? Nothing. And I say, well, don't go to Africa and do that. man said to me a couple, a couple years ago, he said, you know, my goal is to give a million dollars a year to the Lord's work out of my salary. He said, pray for me about that. You know why I believe he'll do it? It's because he's being faithful to what he has now. You say, oh, if I had a million dollars, I'd give it too. No, no, no. You, if you had a million dollars, you'd do the same thing you do with the hundred bucks you have. If you're faithful with the little things, God says, you'll be faithful in much. When Abraham trusted Eliezer to go and find a bride for Isaac, the Bible says that uh, the man gave the testimony there in, in Genesis 24, 27. He said, I being in the way, the Lord what? Led me. And I want to tell you something. God is not going to, listen, show you his will if you're standing still. If you're not doing anything, someone says, well, uh, uh, what does that mean? He mean, that mean? That's what it means by, he shall direct thy paths. He doesn't just show you the way. I believe he also clears the way. I believe as, as you begin to follow God's will, he will open the way and he will make a way for you. And all of a sudden you'll see and look back and the Bible says he'll make the crooked places straight. And the valleys, he'll fill in. The mountains, uh, the Bible says, uh, uh, will be moved. And uh, um, that's not the exact word. But, but I want to tell you, God says that he will direct. He will show you his will. The principle of his will. How can I know God's will for my life? Listen here. The Bible says this very clearly. You have to surrender your will to his. I read uh, this week the definition of willpower. It's good, too. It said, if you have a task to do... Begin this very hour. You provide the will. He provides the power. If you have a task to do, begin this very hour. You provide the will. He provides the power. You say, I mean, I don't think I could do such and so. If, what if God called me to do that? I don't think I could do it. Or I don't think I could not do such and so. Can I tell you something? It's not about not doing and doing. It's about surrendering to his will. If you, surrendering to, if you surrender to God's will, He'll give you the power to do that which He's asking of you. The principle of His will. The principle of your will. The principle of God's Word. I want to tell you something. 
It could be in this conference, God's going to use His Word to say, hey, here's your special will. Here it is. He could be, He'll just start with a standard will. And He'll say, hey, here it is. You need to be saved. It could be He goes on a little bit deeper with some of you who have already been saved, and He says, hey, here's the path I want you to go. And maybe He will show you the college. Maybe He will show you uh, 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 the direction, the principle of wisdom. God uses counsel. I want to tell you something. I thoroughly believe that God, after He shows you through His Word, He will confirm His desire through the counsel of the people that He's put in your life. They're special, young person. Don't reject that. And the principle, lastly, of the walk. Do it now. I know so many young people, and I've known so many. I remember as I was going through college, I wrote down in this Bible. This is the Bible I used in Bible college. In the back, I wrote down the 30 names in October of 1999. The names of the 30 people I thought had the most potential. As I looked around in my Bible college class, and and they're right here. And you know, I'll not show them to you. But I want to tell you something. The vast majority of them are doing nothing for God. And the reason is because potential and talent doesn't get you anywhere. The bottom line is, are you somebody who surrendered to God's will? And as I think back, you know, I, I've seen now some people and boy, it seems like they just go from here to there. Some of my classmates, boy, they, they couldn't fully surrender. And it was like they go from here to that career, even from ministry to ministry and so on. And it was just it was just this trial and error. This seemed like there was no rhyme or reason to their decision. Wherever it seemed like, hey, there was an opportunity or there was somebody calling or there was an aunt and uncle that lived. And, and, and you know, that's where most people are today. I want to tell you, you can live that way, but you're not going to like it. It won't be pleasing to you. And you'll waste your life and you won't make a difference. Jacob stood before Pharaoh. After Moses, you remember the story after Joseph, I'm sorry, had gone down to Egypt and God used him to bring the whole family down and provide for his family. And the Bible says that he brought his dad down finally and Jacob comes down and boy, he's old. He's 130 years old and he stands before Pharaoh and Pharaoh says, hey, how old are you? And he says, 130 years. And he says, long and evil have been the days of my pilgrimage. You know what Jacob was saying? He was saying, Lord, he was saying, Pharaoh, he said, for 130 years, I've bounced around. He said, rather than just following God's will for my life. And you read the life of Jacob. Boy, what a life. He was here, he was there, he was here, he was there. You know what the contrast is there? Is the life of Joseph. When Joseph was 17 years old, he ended up in a well. And then later on, he ended up falsely accused and in jail. But you know what the Bible says? Listen to it. Over and over, the Bible says this. But God was with him. God was with him. And Joseph had figured out he wasn't following this roadmap. He was following God. And he said, Lord, if this is where you've got me, I'm going to learn. I'm going to make the best of it. Lord, if, if jail's where, where you've got me and this is where you're going to uh, get me ready, Lord, this is it. And you know what happened? When he was 30 years old, the Bible says, God put him in the very place, in that special will for his life. And at 30 years old, the Bible says, he didn't waste 100 years like his dad. He said, hey, I am going to follow your will. And boy, that's tremendous. I'm 30 years old this year. You know what? At some point, I want people to stop saying, he's got potential. I want people to say, he's doing it. 
He's doing it. He's not bouncing around. He's doing it. And I want to tell you something. The happiest, the duty of your life, and the greatest delight of your life will be to find, to follow, and to finish, to fulfill God's will for your life. Young person, it's the best. It's the best. You know, I want to tell you, if I had it my way, if I'd had it my way right now, I'd almost be there. Almost be done getting uh, with medical school and specialty school. Almost be starting maybe like a salary job, you know, where they pay you. And you know what my dream was? My dream was, boy, I'll, I'll move back to Lancaster and I'll have a Sunday school class or something and maybe buy a house and raise my kids in the Christian school there and maybe be a deacon and be an encouragement to, to pastor and just, man, just love coming to church and just, but I don't think this preaching thing is for me. You know what happened? God said, just follow me, son. And as I took my dream and I said, Lord, here it is. You know what happened? God took my dream and he said, here it is. And I've got it. But got a house, married, got beautiful children. I have a Sunday school class I teach. And I want to tell you something. Everything I ever dreamed of, I've got and more. And you know, the battle in some of your hearts right now is not between doing evil and good. It's between your good plan and God's best plan. But I want to remind you of something. Your good plan becomes evil when it keeps you from doing and fulfilling God's best plan for your life. God's will. I want to encourage you to follow it. Thank you for listening to this Student Ministry 127 podcast. For more sermon resources, visit preaching.lancasterbaptist.org. And for information about West Coast Baptist College, visit wcbc.edu.